Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. have written right here i see is giant hardware store skeleton yes so i'm not a person with a lot of material desires uh-huh uh i am a buddhist monk no i just don't <laughs> like what's it called my, my my tastes are very cheap and i just tend mm-hmm. to not have a lot of things that i really want um, yeah we've talked i don't know if we've even talked about this on the show before we've talked we've talked about it off mic where you were using headphones that were literally falling apart for like year, and it was only recently when you got new headphones but they were like literally you had to like piece them together every time you wanted to use them mm-hmm. basically yeah so you just you get one thing and you like it forever as long as you can yeah i have shirts that i know are from 2016 and earlier because first of all i was a very different size person back then but also because it has the like bernie for president 2016 mm-hmm. elections shirts that i still have my regular excellent rotation. how'd that go how'd that turn out mm, i have an updated 2020 shirt as well. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so oh, yeah, for his re-election. Okay, yeah, for cool. his re-election yeah, yeah. campaign. But like, uh, what what it means is that like I'm, um, yeah, yeah. I like I only stopped using those headphones when they literally could not be used anymore, and. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't buy things because I feel physical pain when I spend money. Right. That that's a that's a pretty I would that's an envious trait. I wish I had that trait, to be honest with you. I just I, I feel joy when I when I see a nice brown box come to my door that says Amazon on it. I'm like, ooh, that what would did be, I order? I forgot. Now I say all that, but I do have one strong material desire. And now that we have a garage, I feel like I must have it at some point. Do, All right. Do you remember the Is meme? Is it a car? Because cars usually go in garages. I have never, I have lived in two houses in my life and I have never seen a garage that is used for storing cars. Cars go outside. Junks go in garage. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the shed. The shed is now Mm -hmm. the garage. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing that I always have desired is the giant hardware store skeleton. Now this Mm. was a meme for a few years, but it's like a Halloween decoration. That is a human skeleton, but is like 12 feet tall. It's a 12 foot tall skeleton that it, that people, I don't know why they started selling it. Could you imagine, do you know whose idea that was? Cocaine. Like, (laughs) like whose idea was like, we're going to make some Halloween decorations. And they're like, all right, cool. Some skeletons. Yeah, it's because you're misinterpreting the meeting. The meeting went more like this. All right. I've got the best idea for a Halloween decoration. (laughs) Oh, guys, I got an idea. Ooh. (laughs) 
we're going to have skeleton. Oh, you mean we're going to have a bunch of little skeletons? No, we're going to have skeleton. Big. Capital S, skeleton. Yeah. Big one. It reminds me of when there was that author who uh, I think was like from Europe or something where they don't really have Halloween and saw like mm-hmm. that house covered in skeleton decorations and was like, this is such a, this is such a rude thing. It's a reminder of our deaths and everyone just like memed <laughs> on it for like a year. <laughs> Anyways, I want to have a giant hardware yeah. store skeleton. Who doesn't? Uh, it's great. I want it. I have a, oh, I, Emily and I have a house now too, and we've not had the house long enough for Halloween to, to, to pass us by, but that, no, hold on. When you say you want it, do you mean as a Halloween decoration or as an all the time decoration? Listen, it's socially acceptable at Halloween time. So maybe for the rest of the year, it becomes a backyard skeleton. But look, I'm not judging at all. We have a neighbor in, in, somewhere in our neighborhood that has a that has a dragon outside of their door, like a dragon sweet. statue 24 seven, always year round. Now, what if like because the holiday season sort of blends together because uh, we don't have Thanksgiving between them? What if mm. I have the Halloween skeleton and then on November 1st, I put a Santa hat on the skeleton and then I can leave Santa it up skeleton. till New Year's at least. That's what they do with the dragon. And they I can, hang up, I can hang up Christmas lights on the, on the skeleton. <laughs> they put little hats on the dragon. That's what they do. They're like, for, back in March, they put a little leprechaun hat on the dragon. Oh my God. This also, that reminds me of another thing that happened when I was a teenager. Uh, a few of my friends did this. I was ancillary to this for legal Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, (laughs) So we had a person in the neighborhood, in our sort of suburban neighborhood, who had a garden gnome that we used to make fun of a lot, especially when we were um, enjoying cannabis. Um, Okay. So a couple of my Uh friends came to the conclusion that, you know what we need to do Mm. is we need to kidnap the gnome. And so we Mm. ended up kidnapping the gnome. Okay. But we weren't just satisfied to like, just steal somebody's lawn ornament. That would be too basic. Right. So we orchestrated orchestrated like like a ransom where we like and like like we, oh, we started no. sending like pictures to the house of oh like my the god <laughs> um in like wait hold on like you printed out pictures and sent them to the house this was still kind of in the days where you could easily get a photo like a like a like a thing where you take it to the mall and get it but that's still so much work I know to well, do that. We, we like for 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 exactly one year. We would send at least once a month because um, it then evolved from like ransom to like sort of a flat Stanley situation uh, oh where God. we just found funny places where we could put the gnome and take pictures. Ooh, the gnome is in France now. Ooh, <laughs> uh, but eventually, exactly one year to the day, we did return it. That's amazing. Did you ever get a response at all from no. that from that person? No, no, never. Didn't care. I just hope that we made somebody's negotiate. life a little bit more. Magical. They uh, do not negotiate with kidnappers. All right, that was their policy. Um, that was a very fun little story from my teenage years. That um, I feel like that's just good-natured pranking, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, that person really loved their gnome and was really yeah, mad. Yeah, but that it's they also stealing. It is also, <laughs> it is also a crime. Um, yeah. So anyway, this <laughs> podcast called "It's Probably Not Aliens." Aliens did not abduct the gnome. Aliens, it was Tristan. Yeah. Well, it wasn't I mean, me. It wasn't Tristan. I will say. For more than legal reasons, I was more ancillary to this. There was some other friends mm-hmm. who were, this was mainly their thing. I was uh-huh. more a witness to this event. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And their names were Gr- Gristen Blonson. Nope. 
That was they one know of who them. They are. All right. They know who they are. And they probably don't listen to this podcast, but yeah. Probably not. This is this is a podcast, by the way, where we debunk ancient aliens and ancient astronaut theory and learn about cool history behind people, places, things, cultures. And my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm one of I'm the host of the show that doesn't know anything. Nice. Uh, I'm I'm here to learn. I'm here to grow my big my big noggin so that it's the size of a giant hardware store skeleton. My name is Tristan Johnson, skeleton owner and uh, future big skeleton owner. And t- and I am the one whom does the research. Uh, gnome kidnapper. Allegedly. Involved with gnomish trafficking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but today uh, this show is about ancient aliens, ancient astronaut theory, pseudo history, pseudo archaeology. And that last one is definitely the one we are going to lean on today because we're going to talk about a big part of pseudo archaeology and a big part of this episode of ancient aliens that we are sort of sifting our way through because this episode was very concerned with giants giants now can i take a guess here because i really don't know anything people don't people underestimate how little i know when i come into these episodes i don't look at tristan's outline before we start recording basically i'm gonna take a guess are we talking about people finding actual quote unquote actual giant skeletons and believing that there were giants in the past? Yes. <gasps> Very fun. All right. Hit me with it. What's okay. the story? So the, the the story that we're beginning with to sort of uh, break into the story about um, everybody claiming that there's giants hiding all over the place is mm-hmm. a large part of the episode, which is revolving around a place in Nevada called Lovelock Cave. All right. According to ancient astronaut believers or what um, cranks, according to the cranks, um, Lovelock Cave in Nevada is a place where there's a lot of giant skeletons that everybody knows that there's these massive skeletons. And in, um, they show in ancient aliens, they show like a normal picture of somebody's jaw next to like a, the jaw of the giant and the jaw is humongous. Big giant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big giant jaw. And that this was uh, discovered in sort of early 20th century. But there were local legends around Lovelock that said that there was a tribe of giants with red hair that were exterminated by the uh, Uh, the Paiute people who live in that region uh, and that they were eventually that they were cannibalistic giants that were shepherded into a cave and then set on fire Mm. and died. And everyone was like, Oh, that's just a myth about that cave. Fast forward. uh, Okay. People are, um, I wish I had a fast forward sound effect. I don't have one. I've got a bat. I've got a, Tristan, I have a back, like a go back in time sound effect, but I don't have a fast forward one. Just played in reverse. Oh yeah, here's my flashback sound effect. Okay, okay. So, but I don't have a fast forward one, sorry. So, so flash forward, there's a group of miners who are going into this cave to mine guano, which okay. um, for it's anyone- bat poop. Bat, well, it's bird poop and bat poop. Oh yeah, I always think it's just bats. I don't know why. Yeah, well, because of Ace Ventura 2, probably. Probably, um, that's it. Uh, but, uh, but basically guano before the invention of the Haber-Bosch process was one of the easiest ways for us to get nitrogen, which was used to make fertilizer, which is used for making food that we eat. So guano was a big deal. People fought wars over these things. So they were um, mining the guano out of this cave in the year 1911, I want to say, when they found 
after digging around and telling some around artifacts, rubbish heaps, and apparently human remains with red hair. And they were bone Whoa. boys. Uh, and they were big, giant skeletons. They were then taken big back to the boys. yeah. The ones that survived were taken back to the museum where they were held by the by the evil by the evil Illuminatus of the Nevada Historical oh, no. Society and the evil overlords of the University of California. <laughs> Oh no. And they keep these bones not on display because they don't want people to find out the truth. No, people they were giants. There were giants back in the day. And where do giants come from? Well, ancient astronaut theorists believe Nevada. That, oh. <laughs> that ancient aliens uh, mutated early human DNA and usually made hybrids with humans. And that led to the creation of giants, but also to chimeras. And they pointed to things like, like centaurs and satyrs and like chimeras as all signs of ancient aliens like messing with human genes to make monsters. So this- yeah, and this is this we've talked about this in a previous episode before about just this concept, right? With the Nephilim, the Nephilim are the biblical giants that we did talk about in the past. But yeah, the monsters and mutants thing we also talked about briefly. When we were talking about the um, the Serapium of Saqqara, mm-hmm. and then but now this is like, but this feels like of like physical evidence. We have giant bones. We have giant yes. skulls. Or do we? I mean, they're not. I can't access them. Right? They're being hidden from me. So I don't know the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm excited. Hit me. I. I. We've talked about so many times on the show that my head is proportionally small to my body. I feel. Mm-hmm. And so if I can learn what these giants did to have big heads, because all you you've just told me that we found like skulls. Did we find full bodies? I don't even care. We found big skulls. My hope is that they have big heads and regular sized bodies. And I gotta know what they, they looked did. Like, so I can... um, they looked like uh like big head mode in like um yeah. Goldeneye or something. <laughs> we got the big head cheat code in Tony Hawk Pro Skater for let's hit it. I wanna know how they did it. Okay. Well, let's let's start by going to Lovelock Cave and uh figuring out what this place is. So Lovelock is a limestone cave that uh, is close to a uh, the shores of a place called Humboldt Lake and has been formed by water erosion over the years. There's evidence of human habitation around this cave dating back about 4,000 years, if you look at the artifacts that were discovered by these guano miners. The culture there probably lived in that cave for like something like 3,000 years and left tons of artifacts behind. Things like baskets, um, the most famous being uh, amongst like real archaeologists um, these famous duck decoys that were made from like mm. special fibers and sagebrush and also sandals made of tool or tule. Mm. Okay. Um, the Paiutes at some point either defeated, displaced, or just moved into the region where the Lovelock culture used to be and uh, took it over. Either like they showed up after the Lovelock culture had already petered out or they defeated them and displaced them. And okay. they continued to use the exterior part of the cave until uh, 1829 when white people moved into the region and basically kicked them out. Oh, white people. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in 1911, the guano miners then uh, were starting to dig through the big guano deposits. In 1912, a anthropologist by the name of Lewin L. Loud, that's a very Welsh and very L-heavy name. A, a very L-forward name. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, discovered over 10,000 artifacts from a rubbish heap from the civilization that had lived in this cave for like 3,000 years. So this was just buried under all the guano? Yeah, they like under they the guano they had found that there was a civilization that had lived in this cave for thousands of years and they found tons and tons wow. of stuff in their, their garbage heaps and random artifacts all over the place. Most of wow. them find them in the walls that had not been carved out by miners. Okay, that makes sense. So we've got this like this like this newly discovered sort of society. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I mean, they're not they don't live there now, but they had. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Now Gotta learn more about them. Now, very quickly, uh, even by the but the thing is that by the time they had cleared out this cave, there were already myths that there were giants and the possibility of the remains of giants inside. It's right now ah. already a big internet claim that there's these cannibalistic red-haired giants in Nevada and that uh uh, they get you know moved from one website to the other and your very internet type claims. Um, mm-hmm. But the only evidence they have for their existence comes from a very interesting source, which is this book that came out in 1883 by a woman by the name of Sarah Winnemucca Hopkins. All right. What'd Sarah have to say? Well, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about, about Sarah. So Sarah Winnemucca um, was actually a Native American woman who lived in Nevada and was part of the Paiute um, like culture. Um, and was a activist and educator of her people who were the people being the Northern Paiutes. She did a lot of activism to try and improve conditions for Native Americans and promote understanding between Native Americans and white settlers. Uh, She was born in 1844 and grew up in a family of uh, leaders in her civilization and learned to speak English and use that to act as an interpreter for white settlers and government officials, which gave her opportunities to learn more about the settler society and act as a sort of cultural bridge between her people and the Americans who were moving into their territory. Mm-hmm. In doing so, because she was more world aware, she saw more of the injustices and abuses that Native Americans were suffering at the hands of settlers and government officials and became an activist. Uh, in doing so, she traveled a lot, gave speeches and wrote letters and tried to raise awareness about how Native Americans were being treated and their rights. Very based person so far. Yeah, um, sounds like it. Uh, and she also worked as an educator. She started a school for Native American children in Nevada. Uh, and mm-hmm. also in Oregon, founded a boarding school at a certain point. But what's important for this is that she wrote a book called Life Among the Paiutes, Their Wrongs and Claims. It's one of the, f- hmm. and this is an important book because it's actually one of the first published accounts of a Native American life and history written by a Native American woman. Okay, cool. And in doing this work, she actually did secure land rights and government aid for uh, Native American people and did a lot of work to promote the understanding and try to build some respect between between Native Americans and white settlers. Gotcha. But we're going to talk a little bit about her book, which came out in 1883, uh, does have one section where she's talking about the history of the Paiutes and talks about a small tribe of barbarians who would kill and eat people. They were called the Sitika. And Sitika. Sitika. And she described them as red-haired cannibals that lived in Lovelock Cave. Okay. Very similar. This is the only thing I know about these giants is that they're big, they're cannibals, and they have red hair. Mm-hmm. So this is red. We're saying red-haired cannibals ticks off two of those three boxes for me. This is the origin of where all of the discussion about red-haired cannibals comes from. Oh, okay. So this is it. Yeah. I see. I see. Um, so the Paiute people did have legends about these giants that tell that there was this brutal battle between the Paiutes and the Sikata or Sitaka, which led to their extermination of the giants, apparently trapping them in the cave and setting it ablaze with fire. There's no evidence to support the existence of these giants and these remains that were mentioned have never been uh, studied by archaeologists 
archaeologists. Oh, okay. So but I thought they had them. Well, but I thought they had them. We'll we'll get to that. But basically, the thing is that the Siteka is like the the scholars who have studied this region believe that the Siteka were either a myth or it is sort of a mythification of a real historical event. I.e., they might have displaced a tribe that lived there and turn them into ah. a story. Though, Winamuka's uh, book actually does mention that she had clothing that had red hair on it that was supposed to be from one of these giants. So that is interesting. Oh, that is interesting. And that has that ever been analyzed? No. I think, uh, right. I believe it is not survived to modern day. This was, you know, uh, still- uh, 1800s. Uh, 1800s. Yeah. So, uh, but but despite, despite that, the Sitaka have actually become part of the folklore of the American West. Okay. Now, here's the bit of the explanation what we could go with. First of all, there have never been any signs of giants seen in Lovelock Cave. Um, there's and been they're, a- they're so hard to miss. Yeah. They are big. It's true. There <laughs> By are definition- they're very big, very big people. Uh, but yeah, the, the 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 researchers in Lovelock Cave have found lots of remains, lots of stuff, uh, and they've come to a couple of conclusions about what could have spawned the giants. And uh, we can talk about that, which is that one, the red hair probably was not red uh, as people think mm. about it. So what happens is that when somebody is buried for hundreds of years, dark hair actually can turn red in like certain sort of situations, certain like levels of pH and stuff like that. Okay. So just just the stuff that's in the ground can turn your hair red over time. Yeah. A dead body uh, with dark hair that is exposed to certain pH levels does turn red over the centuries. Gotcha. Furthermore, a lot of the evidence for cannibalism is only based on a few human bones that have been found in the cave that have been split for marrow. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to tread very carefully on this subject because um, the practice of cannibalism amongst uh, Native Americans of the Southwest in ancient times has been mm. a very controversial uh, topic and probably it, it requires a more deft touch and more um a nuanced discussion than one that I have expertise in talking about confidently. But as mm-hmm. far as I can tell, there has been debates that like these sorts of things might not represent cannibalism. They might represent, cause like usually seeing bones cracked for marrow is a sign that they were eating them, but it also could be a sign of a, uh, like, like some sort of like witchcraft type thing where they were trying to burn witches and they like burnt the bones and they cracked. Also, it could be the result of a situation in which like, you know, the American Southwest is not exactly the most uh, verdant and lush part of the world. And it could be that there mm-hmm. was a, uh, a situation of survival cannibalism at a certain point, which I feel like sure. nobody f- would fault anybody for doing. Um, no. But but again, this is a part where like uh, it deals with a lot of civilizations that are the ancestors of living indigenous nations. And uh, the the verdict over whether or not these civilizations practice cannibalism when accusations of cannibalism have been used by settler colonists to justify the colonization and to demonize groups of indigenous people has a long yes. history in colonial history. Yes, we've talked about that before. Um, yeah, it's just like sort of a way to make them feel, to make a, a different group feel like it was okay that we conquered them because they were, look at these brutes eating other people sort 
sort yes. of thing. It's either like it's either a way to make them seem like they're alien or that they're evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, accusations of cannibalism are brought up anytime a group is trying to like demonize another group. It usually sticks in there somewhere. And in some kind, in some cases, it also is uh, I is either that or it is a grotesque um, either misinterpretation or sort of uncharitable interpretation of certain funerary practices. Like uh, mm. I believe this was on the island of Borneo, uh, where there was a uh, one in, one tribe that lived there had a practice of cremating the dead and then um drinking the ashes as a sort of part of their funerary ritual which like you know Mm -hmm. is a part of like their culture and all that kind of stuff but um but has been you know uh stigmatized like oh it's cannibalism and like yeah i guess but also it's more complicated than that yeah it's yeah complicated yeah so like so obviously when you find something like this you have to tread very carefully so that that that's part where that you can speak to with that with that subject Mm -hmm. um furthermore in these times in the past and i'm sure that anybody i'm sure this is a pretty common knowledge Uh, you can tell me if this is common knowledge but because of different levels of nutrition in the past people tended to not grow as tall as they do today. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've heard I've heard that people were shorter in the past. Like specifically in I know in America that's what I was always taught that uh height Amer- overall like general American height has been growing. Yes, it has been in general uh everywhere where there's been better and better nutrition. Um mm-hmm. interesting because of some other things like uh average body temperature has been decreasing over time because we are not always dealing with low level infections all the time. Um, so, but like, uh, but, but when it comes to height, uh, the diets of people who don't have, you know, industrialized farming can be scarce, especially when you live in a place like, you know, the desert, even then, like, uh, there was depictions of when the Europeans first arrived in the Americas of depicting the native Americans as being very tall. Uh, that was because native American people ate vegetables. <laughs> um, and it's like and a lot of the people who were like you know I'll, I'll like let's just say that um vitamins and minerals were not of the highest priority and like a lot of mm-hmm. not, not the europeans didn't eat any vegetables but their diet was uh very bread forward <laughs> um, was, yes yeah 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 so comparatively to them they would be like whoa yeah the, these they're giants yeah the diet of uh, of native americans back then was much more varied of meats and vegetables and different types of breads and like much it had they had a much more healthy diet so they were a lot taller uh mm. and uh, and europeans were were like you know squat hairy uh <laughs> like squat hairy people yeah um either ways that is to say that that means that in the past levels of nutrition and you know different genetic factors could lead to there being different average heights amongst different people and it is possible that the skeletons that were unearthed in lovelock cave di- like there are some depictions of them being very large and it could be descriptions that cause them to be like oh this is the remains of somebody who was like six foot one in a time where other skeletons right. in the region might not have gotten much above five nine mm-hmm. but to, by today's standards like you know by by to, by like the past standards i would be a giant as somebody who is like six yes. feet tall yeah where i mean i there's even this trend right now i don't know if you've seen this of limb lengthening Ugh. oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sur- it involves, like, breaking the bones and Oh, it's people want to keep getting taller and taller. Uh, but look, we can't we can't give up on our short kings and queens. No. And folks, we can't give up on our on our short folks who we love. Does that mean pa- in past England there was literally short king? 
short yeah. kings and queens probably wow. yeah i mean uh wow. people in the past definitely were of heights that were probably like like you know five eight five nine was pretty much the average height back then nice like uh there was this whole thing there's this whole thing in about how people used to say that napoleon was short um because people called him the little general um which is yeah. a misinterpretation because in french you call somebody little if you're like kind of um like it's like a term of endearment sure um so called the little general is sort of like the like, my little buddy yeah yeah that they'd be like yeah he was only like five nine and like five nine was like a decent height in the 17 1800s so yeah that's pretty good yeah anyways uh that's a big digression to come back to say that another thing that could have been the source of the giant uh stories is that this is a cave that might have also had fossils of pleistocene animals in them pleistocene animals might have lived in the cave mm. at a certain point in history and their remains would have also been there and you know the remains of an ancient giant sloth would also could also like if you were to find the long bone of a giant oh. sloth you could interpret that as being part of a human skeleton if you don't have a complete skeleton I see. yeah it's like similar but less potentially less dramatic than the whole thing about how like elephant skulls look like cyclopses like giant cyclopses mm-hmm. um and so people are like it's not they didn't know if it was an elephant skull they were just like it looks like a human skull with one eye yeah and there was a lot of um there's a lot of evidence that uh fossils of megafauna and even like dinosaur fossils and such were misinterpreted as being the remains of giants in the past so this is not an mm. unheard of thing happening by like it, to the point where it could have been seen by the ancient Paiute people who then incorporated it as a sort of myth of giants or yeah. it could have been a part of the excavation where they found giant bones and wrote about that in their notes and then people interpreted that as being human bones there's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways that this could have been uh, done um, the main problem is that um, the skeletons that were discovered there were largely disarticulated which means that like they weren't finding skeletons they were finding like individual bones yeah bits and pieces yeah mm-hmm. The uh, and so like that's like the main uh part about that, and because I, I that's that's caused problems in the past with even with, with you. We were just talking about dinosaurs, like what that that's been a thing with dinosaurs too, where they've just found they used to think that certain bones and like skeletons should have been structured one way, and then uh found out late, but like because they had to they had to piece it together just based off of like oh this is pro- we don't have the whole skeleton, we have bits and pieces, so this is probably what the whole skeleton looks like, and then they find more stuff later. That's like, oh, actually, we were way wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. it shouldn't be this way. Yeah, dinosaur yeah. paleontology is a lot of that. Like, there's a lot. There's, I remember a semi recent, I feel like this is now a few years ago, but there was like a story about how we thought a whole bunch of different species of ceratopsians actually were all one species. They were just different ages. Yeah, I remember that too. It's like, yeah, th- this is this dinosaur, and here's this other dinosaur. And it's like, actually, they're the same dinosaur. Uh, they're just one of them's younger than the other one. Yeah, it's difficult. It's hard to say, um, but you see this stuff all the time also in like, not only with like misinterpretation, but like um, one of the most funny things. And some people have pointed this out, have tagged us on tweets about this, where people will be like, look, there's a sign that there's like giants in ancient Egypt where they'll show like huge people next to like little people. And yeah. everyone's like, children exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Children exist, and even today, artists sometimes have a hard time drawing children that don't look like just little adults. You know, like there, even like there are certain comic book artists who draw children that look like they're forty. You know, well, if you like, think about it, like artists have to train so they train so hard on trying to get the human form right, and mm-hmm. the human form has like very distinct proportions. And I imagine that most artists, if you if you're a character artist long enough, that you just get like the human body's proportions just become second 
second nature to you. Then to the point where mm-hmm. you have to draw somebody who has a very different fat distribution and a different body proportion can feel mm-hmm. like just like can actually like break your brain and be difficult to do. Yeah, a hundred percent. So yeah, it happens. It happens even today. It for sure happened in the past mm-hmm. of people drawing children that look like they're they need to do their taxes. Yeah. So there's a there's uh this is obvious this is for different theological reasons, but there's a lot of very old paintings of Jesus where uh because of the idea that Jesus was perfect, therefore he had to look the same through his entire life. Um, oh, so yeah, there's a lot yeah. of like there's a lot of like pictures of like baby Jesus who looks like shredded with a beard. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> shredded baby jesus he has no sins but he has 12 abs yeah let's go it does seem that uh there's a lot of depictions of jesus where he was um he did not commit any sins but man did he never miss uh a core exercise no just did like 500 (laughs) crunches a day every time he got tempted he was like do one squat let's go one squat for every temptation it's like up on the up on the cross and has like the whole v going on the hips Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, that was very sacrilegious. Um, so, so the thing Sorry. is, so, so the thing is that like, uh, the Lovelock giant story comes from a lot of, like, it could be a lot of different things that don't have to necessarily be the existence of giants for the record, mm-hmm. the picture that is used in ancient aliens and is usually brought out by, uh, people who talk about Lovelock giants. It shows this like plaster mold of a jaw compared to like this giant jaw. It's, mm-hmm. it made me laugh out loud when I was watching this in ancient aliens, because the plaster mold is not of a jaw. It's of teeth it's like a bite it's like a bite like a sort of bite thing um, yeah i'm looking it up i see yeah it's just the teeth it's just the teeth yeah so you can like, see you can see that like um what they're doing and maybe you can like right click save as they're showing a a mold of somebody's teeth next to like this yeah. giant jaw and you can see that like if you were to put the teeth over top of the other jaw it wouldn't be that it different actually, <laughs> it would fit yeah. So what they're doing, and just just to sort of paint a picture better, is they're taking like this the the jaw uh, that they found, and then um, if you if you can like the just the bottom jaw, right? So it's sort of that U shape of a bottom jaw, and then they're taking that and comparing it to what I assume is like a modern day human, uh, just teeth, not full jaw, just bottom row of teeth. Yeah. That is like a plaster mold of like something you'd get at like a dentist or something. Um, and they're putting that sort of inside of like inside of the u shape of the jaw to sort of compare the two but like if you just take that that plaster mold and you just drag it down a little bit over the actual they don't align it with the actual teeth of this of the skull they found the jaw they found but if you did that if you just like grabbed that layer in photoshop and like brought it down and overlaid it it would be genuinely pretty much the same like size wise it would be the same size like the bottom row of teeth for the giants and then modern day humans looks the same yeah the way that ancient aliens got away with this is they showed this only for like a second so that you didn't think about it too hard but i saw that and right away i was like this is right up there with um the piri reese fade where like the map mm-hmm. that looks nothing like it then gets fades into the modern map and you can see like just the entire land masses appear and disappear and it's like it's so similar now some of the individual teeth look bigger but like 
I feel like you could chalk that up to just being like some people have different teeth. Yeah, it's not. It, it, it's very. It's very amusing about how like it's not that different, and and uh, no. and it is like an example of um a very dishonest photography uh, to try and um compare two things that are not the same. Yeah, thing. I mean, because the because jo- the 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 jaw as we we're talking about is the whole jaw. So just in and of itself, it looks bigger because there's more of it mm-hmm. versus just the just the plaster mold of like the bottom teeth. Of, of someone's teeth like it's so like i get it it's effective if you look at it for like a second but as soon as you start analyzing it and you're like wait these are actually like pretty much the same mm-hmm. when you think about it yeah yeah that's really funny but there's more there's more to uncover um because this is not the only giant that's been discovered in america or around the world and uh there's two really big stories of giants that act as sort of the origin story for all of these giant discoveries well i'd hope they're big stories they're There's, giants yeah and uh these names will probably these names might sound familiar to you and it, i'm surprised it took us this long to get to these on this episode okay so the, they're the two big ones the two uh big stories in the let in giantology is what it's called are the cardiff giant and piltdown man cardiff giant sounds familiar i don't know piltdown man well let's start with piltdown man all so right piltdown man was discovered in 1912 in uh the UK and was was touted as being the missing link to human evolution. And at the time there was like a lot of debate about, you know, evolution versus creationism. And so they're like, look, we found the missing link. It's this skeleton. It's this skull, a Piltdown man. Mm-hmm. It was found at this site uh, by two people named Charles Dawson and Arthur Woodward. And, uh, but researchers challenged the fragments. And as early as 1913, people were calling it into question, but for, but it wasn't until 1953, it was exposed to be a forgery. The skull was actually, Actually, basically the teeth of an orangutan mixed with the cranium of a fully developed modern human. So it looked like it had a bigger uh, jaw than it actually had. Okay. Uh, the main forger of Piltdown Man was Charles Dawson, who was also uh, responsible for doing other hoaxes, other archaeological hoaxes at the time. Oh, no. The main problem that Piltdown Man uh, has is that it was a hoax that really caused a lot of issues into early research on human evolution. Uh, scientists basically went down a blind alley believing that human brains expanded in size before the jaw uh, adapted to different types of food which like for people who don't know a lot of our brain size development can come from the fact that uh, we stopped eating a lot of raw food and started cooking a lot mm. and so like a lot of that like a lot of our body's energy did not have to be dedicated to digesting raw right. food and so so really and the, so the this... paleo people are the wrongest because cooking food is actually like the reason why we uh, can develop to be as smart as we are today Tristan and we cannot we can, we've we've upset a lot of different people on this podcast by saying things we cannot upset people with who do different diet diet raw people, food paleo food any diet it doesn't matter who any diet person will have any excuse to be like to tell you why their diet is the best diet and why every other diet is wrong and we can't we can't go down that this is the road i refuse to go down i can't do this with you i'm sorry especially because the only healthy diet is the mediterranean diet anyways um look I, all right we can't we can't um that's the one that so, doctors but, recommend but, anyways but, okay but okay. basically but what you were 
were saying is basically this forgery of the Piltdown men had suggested that the the exact opposite of what paleontologists and, and people sort of believed, right? Yes. Of of this idea of like, oh, I think I guess we had it backwards because the this jaw is so big that I maybe we just have to rethink our whole thing. But it was a, it was a forgery. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, uh, the Piltdown man acts as a case, and we've we talked about this a lot on the show, but it is a big part of pseudo-archaeology that I think is uh, worth mentioning, which is that uh, race, nationalism, and different sorts of biases can influence scientific and uh, understanding. The Piltdown Man was discovered in uh, the early 1900s, 1912, two years before World War I breaks out. Uh, Mm. Britain was feeling uh, that they were in a time of great conflict, and this showed that, look, the missing link is found in Britain. And this this got to the point where the Piltdown Man was even used in evidence in defense of John Scopes during the famous 1925 Scopes monkey trial, which was a trial in the United States that basically uh, legally said that it was okay to teach evolution in school. So Mm. this was brought around a lot and used as uh, a a proof positive that there was a link between humans and apes uh, and human evolution. So it was used as like proof that evolution happened. And now, because we know it's a hoax, Piltdown Man is often brought up by young Earth creationists Uh. as evidence that uh, scientists and paleontologists are actually dishonest and trying to try to show that humans evolved from apes. That is so annoying. Yeah. That is so annoying. Uh, yeah. All it takes is one thing like this, where it's like, it's this one thing is a, a certified hoax. And then that's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's a, if, there, if, if we found like a legitimate and I don't know if we have it. I don't think so. But like, if we ever found like a legitimate sort of quote unquote missing link sort of thing that was like verified, people wouldn't care. They'd be like, um, who's to say this isn't a hoax like the Piltdown Man was? Yeah, the missing link topic comes up a lot in ancient aliens because they're like where's the missing link like that's the proof that humans were genetically engineered by aliens but the thing is there's a really great uh bit in uh futurama actually that sort of explains it which is like uh there's this creationist who's like look what's the missing link between this ape and this human and that's like well it's this one okay then what's the link between apes and this one it's this one mm-hmm. and then what's the link and then like hours pass and then, okay so what's the link between this and this and it's like showing like a uh, a perfect spectrum leading from one to the other and it's like exactly yeah, yeah. there's no it's like yeah it's always like a a slow gradient and yeah there's you're never gonna have and as soon as you find anything that's exactly right it's just gonna be like well how about what's between those two yeah exactly yeah uh so that so the piltdown man was like actively damaging less damaging but more uh probably relevant to the creation of uh of our of american giants being a thing is what's called the cardiff giant which was this stone man found in the ground in new york um, which this one actually has a very funny story to it. So basically a uh, two guys, uh, George Hall and his friend, George Hall, I believe was an atheist and they were having debates. I'm sorry, about- the way that you said that, I thought you were saying George Hall and his friend, George Hall. I'm like, two George no Halls. way. George's two Hall. George Hall's. <laughs> um, but but there, a New York tobacconist named George Hall was debating uh-huh. his friend who was a Christian and basically said that any, like people will believe anything that's mentioned in the Bible. Uh, he was one of those like cool atheists skeptic YouTubers. Yeah, I see. except that he was, he committed to the bit. And so in order to prove it, he made a fake statue of a giant uh, out of gypsum and okay. stained it with various acids so it would look old and then buried it on his cousin's farm. 
Uh, then when mm. workers came to dig a well later, they uncovered the Cardiff giant and it became, uh, it was like a huge deal. And the very American uh, tradition, it became then a, a tourist attraction. Yep. And that's all I'm seeing when I searched for it on Google. That's all I'm seeing is like sort of like uh, this, uh, this like it's on a pedestal with like a big sign and like some curtains around it. Like, ooh, come see the Cardiff giant. Yep. Uh, very, very American. Um the point where if i remember correctly uh eventually it ended up in the hands of pt barnum <laughs> i was gonna say it on this sign it says pt barnum offered a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the giant yes the and he turned it down and so he made his own <laughs> the most valuable single exhibit in the world today is what this sign says yep. so pt barnum if i remember correctly the story is that pt barnum offered money for it they said no so he made his own fake stone giant and started selling it around which is the most got my pt barnum move i've ever heard <laughs> yeah that's pretty good but yeah the hoax was eventually and there was also a simpsons episode that was based on the story of the cardiff giant where uh as a guerrilla marketing stunt a mall buries a giant or buries a skeleton that looks like it's an angel like it looks like it has wing bones oh and people start believing in it and it's like a whole thing it's a great episode but yeah it's sort of based on this story for all of you people who uh watched at least three simpsons episodes a, a day when you were a kid like i was uh you'll probably remember that episode wait so how long between when the, the Cardiff giant was originally like buried and between people f- uh, like f- when they found it I don't actually know probably probably not long not long yeah because you said it was like try- he tried to make it look older than it was yeah he was okay gotcha. so, yeah, so George Hall uh, was deeply attracted to science especially in the theory of evolution proposed by Charles Darwin Hall and atheists got into an argument with Reverend Turk and his supporters at a Methodist revival meeting about Genesis 6-4 which states that there were giants who once lived on earth being the minority mm. party hall lost the argument angered by his defeat and the credulity of people hall wanted to prove how easily he could fool people with a fake giant wow <laughs> i you know what i appreciate the commitment to this level of pettiness that's pretty good i i unlike the piltdown man which genuinely harmed archaeology this one i appreciate i appreciate the bit um <laughs> So yeah, so they dug it up and then I get, how was it revealed to be fake? Did he like, did he come out and say it or did did they, they just, uh, let's find out. Let's go on a journey, shall we? I'm so I'm asking too many questions. It's fine. It's good. Basically, there were always like all the experts were basically skeptical of this. Yeah. Uh, People believed it was a statue right away. Um, Some men thought it was a giant from Genesis, but the first geologist. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Did they, did people think this wasn't a statue? No, they thought it was a petrified man from genesis no <laughs> no i'm sorry i thought that this was just supposed to be like a statue that somebody made to represent this is not a it's not a person i mean we know it's not a person like definitively so but like that never even crossed my mind yeah. i was like this is just a this is just like a it's just like a rock it looks like of and i mean it's carved to look like a star or like made to look like a, a person but like it never even crossed my mind that it was an actual real life person it's the 18th 60s uh, yeah. but a geologist named john boyton declared that it was not a fossilized man but possibly a statue carved by jesuits in the 16th or 17th century to impress the local native americans see like that's where my mind went i was like this is just a statue that someone carved of a person 
for for some for one reason or the other. Like I didn't I never even thought that someone would think that this was a real petrified person. Yeah. Another thing that somebody pointed out was um Andrew White, who was the first president of Cornell University, uh did a close inspection and also pointed out that um the place where the workers were instructed to dig a new well uh made no no there was no sense. Like the place where the giant was discovered, there was uh. no reason to build a well there. And so he just ordered people to drill a, to dig a well in this place that made no sense and then they found this uh the statue or they found this uh, petrified oh, man sneaky sneaky yeah and, fair enough and and so like um if it like i say it's been people have found out like there's a lot of people who uh who point out that it was a uh it was a it was a bit of a bit um it was a bit of a bit i mean it just it sounds like but with both of these examples that you pulled up it was people who already believed in giants this idea of giants or, or something, or just just people who already believed in these ideas, like wanting to um, latch onto something that supported their yeah their ideas. Uh, if you want, okay, here's the actual one. So um, on December tenth, eighteen sixty nine, Hull confessed everything to the press. Oh, okay. Um, which came out of the fact that um, the fake, the other one that PT Bar- Barnum said, uh, Bar- Barnum pointed out that that one of the Cardiff Giants was fake because there was two at a certain point, and then uh, he got sued by. The person who owned the other one saying that the for first saying that it was fake, and so they had to oh in God. court uh, prove that it was a, a real man. <laughs> it's just like how how do you do man, that? This story, if this cannot. story could not get this story, if this story could get more American, also it involved people filing lawsuits at each other over whether or not this rock was a person who was petrified. <laughs> oh my God! Um, <laughs> this is this has sent me down a rabbit hole that I desperately need to read an entire book about that's so this is so fun yeah it, this one this one's definitely a lot more fun than than Piltdown but the thing is that to a point Hull was right that people are way more willing to believe in things that they want to believe and so yeah. people who wanted proof that Genesis was real uh, latched on to the fact that look there's a giant and also it was the 1860s people didn't get as good schooling back then um, right they were like you remember how the Bible said there were there were giants in New York remember how they were like it's New York York. I don't know what book of Mormon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing too, though, is that people, this, this started a phenomenon in America and fake giants or claims of there being giants all around mm-hmm. is now, and also either, either dug up from native American folklore or just made up whole mm-hmm. cloth is all over America. I found examples in Ohio where people misinterpreted a term that people use for people who've lost all of their teeth, except for their molars as being a sign of them being giants. West Virginia had myths about there being giants in the area that probably is from people misinterpreting fossils or, you know, pop culture and such. Um, but none of the, every single time one of these giant bones shows up, it's either a hoax or it's misidentified animal bones, mm-hmm. but that hasn't stopped it from becoming part of folklore. And then ancient aliens, uh, writing about it as if it's fact, even in more recent times, a book by the name of forbidden archeology span argues that there's human like beings that lived millions of years ago and claims that they show that they're, they're giants that challenge our notion about how heavily human evolution worked again without evidence without evidence and and also uh there's also a sub genre of the flat earth conspiracy theory that there were giants in the past and especially to add on to that giant trees and they argue that things like um like devil's tower in south dakota mm-hmm. or in wyoming i gotta check i gotta make sure somebody from 
somebody from one of those states will get mad at me. Wyoming. Yeah. Devil's Tower in Wyoming is actually a giant petrified tree stump instead of being a, you know, rock formation. And so that's a sign ah. that there are giants that were chopping these down. And oftentimes, because it's flat earth circles, they would share around these pictures. And I'm sure everyone has seen like one of these like very obviously photoshopped things of like archaeologists digging uh-huh. up a giant skeleton. Yep. That shows up on Google when you just search for some of the stuff we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, according to uh, Flat Earth people, these are the ancient Nephilim from the Bible, which we've already done an episode about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all of this is just being suppressed by the Vatican for some reason, uh, because, you know, the Catholic Church is very invested in us not believing that Christianity is legitimate. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And there's this article that uh, that sort of analyzes it called The Embarrassing and Alluring Biblical Giant that, that gives you a lot more juice on it. Furthermore, in, in you know, our realm of big corporate TV networks doing irresponsible things to promote this kind of pseudoscience. There was a show called Legends of the Lost with Megan Fox in which the Travel Channel investigated a bunch of mysteries from ancient pasts and talked about a bunch of things that were legitimate, but then veered into the existence of giants or that stones might have healing properties. And uh, it got a lot of, it got a lot of like, you know, attention and probably some legitimacy because it's Megan Fox. She's Uh a Hollywood celebrity. How could Hollywood Hollywood celebrities be wrong? Just look at Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh boy. Is that is that one? Are we allowed to do that one or no? Oh yeah, we're allowed to do that one. That's fine. Okay. I'll allow it. Apparently Megan Fox wants to find evidence of myth and magic. And so wants to I guess Megan Fox is a real ancient alien head. I don't know. Who knows? So that and in doing so, apparently this documentary also included like interviews with like legitimate archaeologists and historians, and then juxtaposes mm. it with like and also maybe giants are real. And it's like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Um it's also it's all part of pseudo archaeology. The idea now, this of, is a word we throw out a bunch yes. on this show. Yeah. Pseudo-archaeology. But like it's one of the many things that show that like pseudo-archaeology has a long pedigree and has a bunch of different uh, motivations for it happening. And some of it is to prove that your religious values are real, or in the case of Piltdown Man, that um, when evolution was still up for debate, that evolution is real, uh, not relying on it to, you know, prove itself in time, or also mm-hmm. like to, to make it like, you know, British pride. Look, humans hu- humans evolved in England. Didn't we know that? Be- yeah. The other- we, got, we got smaller. Yeah. The and other- that's how it should be. The other bit, and this is the part where I do a Tristan, uh, it also is used a lot in uh, various nationalist movements and uh, movements that try to reinterpret history to uh, usually advocate for some sort of racial supremacy agenda. Ah. White supremacists use that. So like, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but ancient aliens and pseudo-archaeology and all this kind of stuff in UFOs is really popular with the kind of people who do stuff like attack the Capitol building on January 6, 2021. Mm. There's a big crossover uh, in like in studies of demographic data of people who watch ancient aliens, a lot of crossover between that and Fox News consumers in that you can find examples of this kind of stuff being a problem because it leads to people damaging cultural heritage sites, as we've seen in the show in the past. Oh, yeah. And also undermine the value of of experts and uh, and, you know, evidence based things. But you also see examples like a guy named uh, Patrick Shuinau, who wrote a book called Lost Race of the Giants, Mm -hmm. uh, who started off as just a crank talking about there being giants in the past, but then shifted and focused on promoting that there was this lost giant race that were definitely white and definitely superior and were definitely from Atlantis. Yep. And this sold and was really popular with white supremacists. 
to the point where now Shui now is known as a, is a well-known white supremacist and has been self-declared as quote forever dedicated to pro the pro-white cause. So they just want a, they just want any justification, mm-hmm. right? That's really all it is. Is they just want any reason to believe the things they already believe. Yeah. So you can imagine that, for example, in Lovelock Cave, one of the things that I didn't talk about but was probably there between the lines, as you know, is that a lot of people latch onto the story to prove that there were white people in the Americas to because there's this large, long, very um, racist conspiracy of this like idea that white people came to the Americas before the Native Americans in order to justify the colonization of the Americas. Yep. Um, and. Is this because of the is this because of the red hair? Yeah, because of the red hair. Another another reason why that uh, it's done is because people will say that like the original text mentions them being white, but it doesn't. But nobody goes and checks the book to actually say so. They just share the same story between each other. The thing they made up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing too is that the Atlantis story, which fits into this giant story as I just ex- uh, established, is tef- is often used to try to refute the claim, uh, refute the the fact really that we see through mm. evidence in the in the fossil record that humans originally evolved in a region that's around modern day Kenya. And because mm-hmm. they want to reject the idea that the first humans were Africans and that Africa is the true birthplace of human, human, the human species, they try to find new ways to say, no, actually humans evolved in the UK or they evolved in Europe yeah. somewhere so that white people are the original and therefore best humans. Yeah, that's not great. That's not fun. Something, something that I, when I mentioned a couple minutes ago about how there were giant, like jokingly saying there are giants in New York, it like, it set something off inside of my brain. We're not sports people, but I was like, that's a sports team. The New right? York Giants. New York Giants. It was giants. made a pain in the ass to Google this topic, I gotta say. <laughs> Because I was going to say like, wait, when were they named and what for? Was it because of the, the, these, the, the rumor of, you know, the giants in New York or whatever? Uh, no, it's just because the buildings are tall. Um, oh, that's less fun. Yeah. As far as I can tell, that's, that's what I found on uh, my very quick Google search. Anyway, all you sports people who are like, why didn't they mention New York Giants when they were talking about literal giants in New York? Uh, this was me doing that. So you have nothing to complain about when you go yell at us over at Probs Not Aliens on Twitter. Yeah, there's That's a good, there's you can a better find twist. This show. Yeah, yeah. There it is. Uh, there you can you can list you can find uh, pretty much every podcasting platform and find the one that you like to use. So you can add our show to it. You can also find yeah. the show on YouTube and uh, also send corrections, questions, death threats, uh, all those kinds of things to our various well, email inboxes. Some of those. Yeah, yeah. We've the we've got all we got forms for stuff over at Probs aliens.com we have an official really death simple. threats email address uh death mm. threats at <laughs> no yeah we don't have that <laughs> we don't have that maybe we, if we get enough of them maybe we'll we'll set one up that just like redirects to uh just like some sort of junk thing the fbi doesn't matter yeah it'll just reroute straight to the fbi it will it'll reroute to the cia yeah because yeah because they're our cia yeah, plans yeah, yeah, yeah i want to thank yeah. the, i want to thank uh the the viewers for leaving reviews the cia for funding us um yep uh <laughs> Tristan, where can people find more of your stuff online if they want to hear more of you and your voice? Ooh, uh, I have a YouTube channel called Step Back. It's a YouTube channel where I talk about oh, really? history and why it's huh. uh, very important. Actually, it's very important for understanding the present. I also make videos about um, creativity and vulnerability uh, and nerdy topics. Oh. I recently made a video that about like... YouTube plagiarism. Uh, See, that sounds like something that I would do. Yeah. Over on my over on my YouTube channel, NerdSync, oh, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C, really? where I made a video about YouTube plagiarism that's popped off 
but that's did you just plagiarize my video? I was trying to do a bit, yeah. Wow. We're gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna copyright strike you and get all your money. Oh no, not my money. How about that? I'm gonna get all your money. It's not a lot of money. Scott. (laughs) I'm not gonna be able to get my giant hardware store skeleton now. Oh, and that's really what this podcast was made for, was to fund that. Uh that's the one thing that's what's it called? A GoFundMe (laughs) campaign to get a hardware store skeleton. That's the one thing the CIA is like, we are not gonna fund that. That is not a business expense, unfortunately. Um we'll have links to all of our stuff in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who leaves reviews and tells your friends about the show. As we said, great website to do that is probsnotaliens.com. It's got links to everything. Go check it out. Feedback forums and questions and things like that. So thanks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Probably. to add like an effect to that to make you sound reverb reverb